Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jo Wilson, and this is the show for women who struggle to accept their worth, but want to embrace their gifts and share their witness for Jesus. We have a great show today about the power of faith after tremendous loss. Our guest is my friend and fellow author, K.L. Gilchrist. K.L. Gilchrist is an author of contemporary Christian fiction for women who want to be entertained, challenged, and inspired by true-to-life stories. A graduate of Temple University and Palmer's Eastern School of Christian Ministry, K.L.'s career as a technical writer led her back to her first love, writing fiction. She loves writing for women who enjoy stories of faith through life's challenges. She lives with her family in suburban Philadelphia, PA, and is known to dance whenever and wherever she can. So welcome, Kay. I'm so happy that you're here today. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. It's been lovely chatting with you. Uh, KL and I were talking a little bit before this. Um, and I am so happy to to have you here. And I feel like you being here specifically this week is a very uh, wonderful blessing. Oh, so yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but you have such a tough <laughs> but wonderful story um, that I really, I just know is going to inspire those listening right now. So I don't want to hold back too much. I don't want to keep anybody waiting. Um, so, but why don't you start by just telling us your journey to how you came to know Jesus, whether it was when you were young or as an adult, and what was the, the major challenge that you had to, to walk through as of within the past few years um, with your faith? Sure. Well, um, I was not actually raised in the faith, um, uh, wasn't raised by people who went to church regularly, uh, went through all through college and, um, met some folks there who knew Jesus, but didn't, uh, really give my heart to the Lord until I think it was a year, a year after I graduated from temple. Okay. I was just kind of making my way on my own. I was living in center city, Philadelphia, and I went through a season of just kind of, um, not doubting or anything. I went through a season of just not showing, not knowing where my life was going to go exactly. I was writing, um, doing writing, doing administrative work for Temple Law School. Um, my friends were drifting away. Some were getting married. Some were going on to graduate school. Some were going on to other different types of, of, of professional schools. And I just kind of felt my life just empty out. But I mm -hmm. felt like simultaneously... I felt the Lord was also kind of calling me and saying, well, you know, I'm over here. And if you want uh, to go on the, the journey of your life, you know, come with me. I love you. You know, uh, let me, allow me to be the Lord of your life. And I accept it. And um, my life has never been the same since. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as you, you know, as soon as you listen to that car, as soon as you feel him and kind of let that Holy mm -hmm. spirit in your heart, you know, you can like feel the change yourself oh, and yeah. then you start to oh, yeah. see so many things change around oh, you yeah. too, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, um, I converted immediately. Um, straight found a church to go to wonderful church. Um, started learning bought my first bible in the subway station that's like my, <laughs> the bible that i wanted like not the king james version but i think it was like english standard version and just kind of everything god wanted for me is everything i wanted to go toward from that point onward awesome. uh, I, I am now little years old <laughs> <laughs> old enough to be have been married for 26 years and and uh, give birth to three wonderful children, but um, I, I've never had a time when I wasn't um, when I wasn't walking with God. No matter what the challenges of my life have been, this last season of my life has been the most challenging yet. But I haven't let go of Him, and I don't plan to. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, 
So you became, so you, you started as a technical writer mm-hmm. and then yep. you kind of shifted into, uh, going back to your first love, like you said, yeah. uh, writing fiction. So what did that kind of look like? So how did you make that shift? Did you feel like God calling you that way to tell these empowering stories and, you know, mm-hmm. when, and how did you kind of, kind of do that shift? What's interesting is that I think I always knew that I was going to I was going to write books at some point. But what was but I don't think I lived enough life in like my 20s and early 30s to like have a have a story or or be able to relate to characters in a story where I could talk about pain and tragedy and uh, um, betrayal or um, or any of the types of things that that people would want to maybe read about in a narrative. but eventually, and I had great, make great money as a technical writer and was very, very blessed um, to work with a lot of uh, software companies. And I, so I can't say that, that God didn't lead me to that too. But what I can say is that um, the more I, I read fiction at leisure, I always have, I've always been a reader. I've always loved libraries. I've always loved books. But it wasn't until 2006, 2006 that I actually came up with um, a story. I was taking a, um, a writer's, a fiction writer's course, um, a novel writing course at Gotham Writers and came up with what ended up being like the middle part of my first novel. Now I didn't know that at the time, but I, after I started really learning what it took to put together a book, cause I had written short stories and I had done like fiction writing before that, but I didn't know how to put a book together till I took a course started doing that and realized, okay, I think I can really piece this together. I think I can really make characters and really kind of become um, the the type of writer I think I always wanted to be when I was like in seventh grade reading The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> totally. You know, every reader has like those stories that they, oh yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to write whole novels like that. Um I didn't get to it until like later in life because I needed to live life and I needed to, I think, really to relate to God more. But eventually um, when I did and I learned how to do the mechanics, um, I started writing books and I, I haven't looked back. Not that I haven't done technical writing still because I have and I do. <laughs> it's good but, you know it's you can do that while doing mm-hmm. you know you're kind of like the master of of all of that you know like you're your own yeah. boss so you can choose mm-hmm. to which mm-hmm. is is cool you know if it's like I know uh me personally I do a lot of medical writing as well so yeah and you can be a contractor mm-hmm. and yep. and things so you can kind of work that out which is great it's really flexible mm-hmm. and it allows yeah. you you know so now you can have your creativity as well for your books which is really exactly neat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love that. Um, and you have a number of books, which we will definitely talk about later. So I can link uh, to those in the show notes. You're writing, you're kind of on this journey. You're just, you know, trying to do your best. Um, you have your family and you're caring for your family. And then the pandemic happens. Yeah. And the pandemic, the lovely pandemic of 2020, that makes everyone question everything. And it was a very difficult time. And there's a lot of people and I can tell you as a nurse, um, I was working as a nurse, not as as a bedside nurse at the time, but I was um, in uh, quality nursing at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough to be able to work from home. And the complete (laughs) shift in everything during that time I mean, really was so impactful for so in so many ways. Um, but I will say that, you know, as like, you know, in my experience, mental health has been something that has been such a like stigmatized in for such a long time. Uh, people, you know, often don't know what to do. They don't know how to how to f- fully treat the whole person with mm-hmm. it, not just mm-hmm. the um, illness or perceived illness, uh, but also, you know, how to really empower people to kind of care for themselves in, in different ways, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, cause we are a whole person, you know, we're mind, body, and spirit. And I feel like they all work together and it, it's very important. So 
personally, uh, with the pandemic at least did in a positive way in mm -hmm. regard to mental health, in my point of view, is that it did bring light to a lot of issues that were completely not addressed and very much overlooked with mental health, which mm -hmm. I like that. Now, on the flip side of that, I feel like it put many people, young people, in very difficult positions and very hard um, questions that they have to, to themselves, uh, about themselves, and in a very kind of somber viewpoint of the world and of themselves. Um, and even just these last few years, even since then, too, mm. I feel like there's so much pressure on younger people, particularly teenagers, to choose identities and things that they don't even fully may understand and, and may not even feel pulled to choosing and such. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that you, you know, your family had a personal um, struggle there and a personal tragedy. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I told you before, even we started talking, you feel comfortable, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's totally fine. Don't feel, you know, like you have to share more than, than you're comfortable sharing, but why don't you talk about a little bit, the impact of, of the mental health and, and, and everything and uh, about what had happened, sure. um, in your family during that time. Sure. 2020 was a rough year. Um, like you said, yeah. um, it, to me, I call it the, the biggest game changing year of my life. Um, my, I have three kids, I've mentioned. I have my oldest son, Jared, who love and adore. Um, I have my middle daughter, Jordan, and my youngest child, Joelle. Um, Joelle, who right now, as we speak, is taking her first uh, classes in uh, ninth grade. <laughs> she just entered high school. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Awesome. So it's a good thing. My, you know, like family's doing well. Husband's doing well. Son's doing well. During the fall of 2020, my daughter, Jordan, um, turned 17 on September 4th, and we gave her um, a birthday parade, and we uh, gave her flowers, and she served at her church. Um, she served on a media team at her church, and they gave her flowers and presents and, and everything. Aww. And um, she was a typical teenager um, uh, in every way. She she liked ramen noodles and K-pop and beans <laughs> and um, just you would not look at her and um, and think that she was struggling with any sort of depression. So Jordan didn't have any identity issues, but she did um, she did sometimes get quite sad sometimes. Um, and um, but during this time. You know everything was was fine. You know we were the parents that that were always checking on our kids. We homeschooled our kids um, at that time because I think everybody was homeschooling still. Yeah, <laughs> <Pretty> much, even <laughs> if they we're kind were of forced to then. You know, they were homeschooling. Jordan had been homeschooling actually since you know I think maybe two years even before the pandemic happened. So she was used to homeschool. Um, but I just, in my opinion, I feel like the the closures and the changes to life just kind of went on a little too long. And um, shortly before Thanksgiving 2020, um, my daughter Jordan committed suicide. Um, we don't know exactly why or um, if maybe things may have been too dark um, or maybe she just didn't see where her future was headed or that we would even get out of the pandemic. What we know as as parents is that, you know, she was a regular kid, regular girl, crushing on, you know, on boys that she wanted to have dates with and um, going, serving on the media team, going to dance class, going to ballet. She had had a recital at the end of August. She'd performed, she did uh, praise dance and everything. She did all of that. And um, I don't necessarily know that she felt like anything was going to change or life was going to go back to normal. Mm. Or maybe she was just struggling with regular teenage stuff um, of how she looked or how she, you know, or how what she was going to do in the world. Jordan was a budding photographer. There's mm. so many, so much stuff we don't know. But um, what I like to say is Jordan was 
my daughter that um, I love, who is now with the Lord. Um, she's gone on and um, we're here and we're her family and we um, miss her and we've missed her every day, every moment since she died. And um, how we get through that, how we got through the days, how I get through the days is my journey and my story. Um, because I carry a daughter with me who it's like having um, a piece of my heart taken out all of a sudden, but I'm still here. And God is still saying, well, no, you still have more to do. So how do I get through each day? So what I want to say to anybody who's gone through anything like that or anybody who has lost somebody suddenly who was very close to them is my rock is Jesus Christ. And my God is who I look to every single moment of every single day. In the good days, on the good days, I pray, I do devotions, I sing. On the bad days, I pray, I do devotions, I sing. I talk to Jesus like he's my very best friend because he is. Um, I wish I could say, you know, um, or give like, a, be like a, like a counselor who would give these, you know, who could, the type of person who could say, well, if you're feeling this type of grief or you're feeling this type of pain, you know, go through these exercises and do these things or whatever. Um, I'm not a counselor. I'm a mom. I'm an author. I'm a writer. Um, quite a dancer, but I'm not a counselor. But so what I, the only thing I can say truthfully is God made such a difference in just accepting that this is, he may not have kicked it in motion, but he allowed it. And whatever his reasoning is for allowing it, the pain and the suffering that comes with it, there's a way to get through it that only directly involves just walking hand in hand with him. That's the answer that I know. That's what gets me through. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kale. Mm -hmm. And I can't even tell you, I mean, as a mom, I'm just, my heart is with you. It's just with you. I just wish I could give you a hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I, 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 I find it interesting. And I, and I said this even before the, when we were chatting a little bit before, mm -hmm. um, that her birthday just passed yeah. and we're, we're talking about this and I love that we can learn about Jordan and her love for photography yeah. and dance and all of this about her through your testimony and through, you know, the, the, the power of that. And I just feel so sad that you all have to walk this, mm -hmm. um, and, and that she felt so alone, maybe. I don't know. Um, here's the thing. It's like, I'm not, we always like to say, we're not quite sure how she felt. But yeah, true, know, true. But we know that she was feeling something. I think for the most part, we like to think that maybe she didn't know where the world was going. Maybe yeah. She didn't know. Remember, we're we're still sequestered. We're still, we couldn't even. even oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we couldn't even go to gather at church. We She served on the media team because our church had to live stream all of their services. So we don't necessarily know she was feeling bad, but I, I definitely feel like there was an element of maybe she wasn't sure how things were going to end up in the world. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And especially, you know, even sharing in that time, you know, because it was just so, so many questions and there was such like divisiveness yeah. from like this side and this side and politics. And it's just, you know, it, it just was all over the place, you know, oh, yeah. and it can make anybody, you know, everybody was so confused. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Oh, you know, absolutely. Don't yeah. go out. Yes. Go out, go outside, yeah. stay six feet away. Stay. It was utter confusion. Yeah. It was just confusion. Yeah. It was just, you know, chaos and, 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 you know, her, her, 
you know, just young, beautiful mind, you know, mm -hmm. being like in the midst of that. I mean, who knows, you know, what um, was happening, but I just, I, I, I feel like how you said, you know, you on good days, mm -hmm. you pray, you do devotions, mm -hmm. you walk with God on mm -hmm. bad days, same thing, same thing, you know, and it's so important because the bad days, I'm sure you, you know, don't want to do any of that. Maybe, oh, no. you know, you wake up, you feel tired, upset. You don't want to have to even face certain things. I mean, I would imagine, but oh, yeah, you still do. And it's, okay. and that's, you know, that's your faith in him knowing that anything that he does is for a purpose and that you still, like you said, you know, you still have things to do. This is your journey that you still, you know, he's, he's empowering you to yeah. do different things. Uh, I just, it's so admirable and inspiring. And well, let me tell you a little bit about that. I do have a little, okay. <laughs> no, yes. Okay. Tell me. There's a time I, I, I want everybody to notice, especially people who are, or around people who are grieving. There's a time usually like right um, during the week that someone has passed away or, you know, following weeks or two or three weeks after where people are around. But then there's this moment, maybe about a month to a month and a half after someone passes away where it feels like everybody just kind of breaks away. And that's the, that's what I call the dark tunnel. That's the mm. coming to full terms with we are back in a normal life now, but one part of me is now completely gone. It's not returning. And I have to live life with this pain. So I remember, I'll never forget, I was during a time that I was finally cleaning. I was cleaning out her room and, um, and I thought I could do it. I was like, okay, I was strong enough to go in and start start going through things. And that evening, I think after going through her materials and, and her clothing and everything else, I remember going into my room and shutting the door and just leaning onto my, I have a little bench that I pray at that's right in front of my bed. And I remember kneeling there and saying to God, okay, um, this is too much. I know you allowed this, but this is, this is too much, Father. So you know what? I'm going to get in this bed. And if there's nothing else you need me to do on earth, if there's nothing else that's on this, on a good journey, on a, on a decent pathway for me to do, then cut my oxygen in the middle of the night and just bring me home. I'll be safe with you. Just bring me home and... I said, but if you don't bring me home, I know that you have a role for me, you have a job for me, and you need me to be here for some you know, reason. So I laid down and I went to sleep. But when I woke up the next morning, I woke up when the sun was coming through the windows. And I said, okay, well, because I can see everything. And then... He doesn't need me to be at home right now. I have to be here. So I have to figure out a way to live and glorify him. Um, I know that not everybody who listens to this is maybe a born-again believer. That's okay. Um, but what I would say to anyone who's struggling with, with grief is we all have a purpose in this life. And you still have a purpose, even if you're struggling with grief. Um, I wasn't thinking of it at the time that I prayed to God to say, okay, well, bring me home if, you know, if there's nothing you want me to do. When I woke up the next morning, I started thinking of my husband. I started thinking of my youngest child. I started thinking of my son, who was in college at the time. Um even start thinking about my own mother and my sister, my niece, and my goddaughter, um, my goddaughter's mother, who I'm very, very close to, um, and nurture and mentor. Um, and I thought about how no one else in my family needs another loss. So I've got to 
hold tighter to the Lord than I ever did in my entire life. Um, and that's what I did. And I, I am going to talk about the practical steps of how I did that. Uh, that because I remember we just talked, we had just, Kelly, we had just talked about that. I was like, you know, people say that. And was, what does that mean? So I'm going to just support in the, in the top room. I'm going to say, this is what that means. Because I hate You talk about like, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> this is a I need a minute. I would no. hear that. It's like, I have, a, I have an issue. You know. Well, just walk the Lord. What? Just what does that mean? Okay, this is what it means. Yes. <laughs> it, it means every day you you wake up, and one of the first things that you say is that um, Jesus, you are my shepherd. Lord, you are my shepherd. I am not in control of anything. You literally say that verbally. Lord, you are my shepherd. Um, there is. There, there, there is no shepherd of my life other than you. I'll be walking according to what you need. And I'm going to be looking for where you need me to be, what you need me to do this day. I will be talking to you all day long. Um, and I'm going to listen to your word, read your word, take care of my family, the people that I love, work with the craft that you gave me because I'm not allowed to you know, to hide my talent under a bushel. Um, and I'm going to connect with you every step of the way. And the connection comes through daily scripture reading um, on the good days and the bad days. Never skip it. Um, it's a fight, you know. On the bad days, I'm reminded of the book of Job. Mm -hmm. um, stories were, were reminded that there's quite a few people um, in the Bible where things did not turn out exactly the way they, they wanted it to. Um, even when they were restored, there, you know, things did not always turn out the, the way that they respected. And everyone, even if people were restored to health, everyone eventually passed on. Mm -hmm. They're not still walking around. <laughs> Lazarus was raised. After Jesus raised him, he eventually did pass away. Um, but reading stories, reading that, um, praying, not obsessively, but praying daily prayer, daily meeting with my God. And, but especially during the hard times, every moment of, um, utter pain, like pain, like excruciating pain, like feeling like mm -hmm. my heart is going to drop out of my chest pain, just going somewhere private, even if I'm in a friend's house and got to close the door to a bathroom and, and you know, stand by the sink and hold on hard to the sink and say, Lord, this is a hard moment, but you are, I'm trusting you to get me through this. You will get me through this. I will get through this. I will glorify you. I will trust that the 17 years that you gave me with my daughters is 17 years that you gave me. I was not promised anything else, but I'm here according to your will at your time under your command and everything belongs to you. I feel like that is so powerful and so helpful. Um, I was thinking to ask you mm -hmm. what that looked like for you, the, mm -hmm. the prayer, because I feel like a lot of women who are listening get into difficult times and sometimes don't know what to say. Right. They just know how they feel. And even in the Bible, it says how sometimes we don't even know what we ought to pray Right, that the Holy spirit, you know, kind of intercedes for us, like feels that in our heart right. too. So that you shared your, uh, the, the prayer that you shared was just so powerful and it's simple, you know, it's you literally crying out to him. I want to do what you want me to do. And it's submissive and which is, I, I just, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's so divine how you can have that submission going through a pain like that you know, wanting to obey still wanting to, wanting obey. to follow him, Not wanting true. to do what he, he, you know, has for you and, and follow his lead and walk with him because, you know, a lot of people, it's hard. They get into anger, they get oh, frustrated and for sure. And, and walking through all of that, you know, and I love that you say like, it's a daily walk a every daily day, walk. you know, um, it, it just, 
It is. But yeah, finding that time. I like that you said that you, no matter where you're at, especially on bad days, you get alone with him Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's, you know, as moms and just busy, you know, working women. And we just get so like bombarded with trying to do everything or just having to do everything, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for our families, wanting everybody to be taken care of and this and that and, and all this. And then by the end of the day, you're like, I don't even like, where did the day even go? You know, so, um, I, I love that you said that making it a priority to oh, yeah. meet with him on you your make own it a priority when you make yeah. it that he's your best friend. And I, I think, you know, and uh, to be quite honest, Kelly, I think it helps to be just a little bit crazy because <laughs> let me tell you where I was praying yesterday. I was praying yesterday in the front of my car. I was sitting in front of TJ Maxx and I was, I was like, well, you know what? I was going to go from TJ Maxx to go to get my nails done. And I was like, okay, well, you know what, Lord, I'm, um, I'm feeling it right now. So right now we're going to go into prayers. Father God, I trust you with everything in my life. Father God, I'm having a, George's birthday was this week and I'm having a hard time right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting you, Lord. You, you will be with me. You said that I could, that I could trust you. You said that, no matter what, you know, you're not going to cause my feet to, to slip. You are my refuge. Just all of those little things, all those things that we're told. I'm like, well, you got to mm-hmm. be close to the Bible to know, to know that he is your rock. He is your refuge. He is your covering. He, you know, he is your joy. He is your, you know, he is your provision. But I know that. So I just kind of speak it back to him and say, okay, um, I'm having a rough patch right now. But Lord, I'm going to get out of this car. I'm going to dry these tears. And I'm trusting you for this piece of the journey, even in the middle of pain. That's so important. Um, mm-hmm. You don't hide from God when you're in pain. Um, just like it's great to, you know, we celebrate God. You know, we want to celebrate God when everything's good, when a new baby is born. And when uh, when a couple gets married and when somebody, we go to house blessings, people have bought a new house and we, we hold hands at Bible study. And we're all grateful to be there, but we have to, as I think as believers also know how to, to get that close to him when you just feel bad. You just feel bad. There's no answer. There's no, you're not praying for healing because someone has already passed. There's no healing to, to be prayed for. You're not praying for a miracle. Someone has already gone. When you're right there, you know, what do you pray? You mm-hmm. pray that the God of the universe that you understand that he is so big, he will hold you in the midst of your pain. He will carry you right through. Just like that poem, Footprints in the Sand, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it's like. Um, and you say, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not walking. I'm only walking with him. Even if I have to sit in the car and pray in front of the TJ Maxx, it's all right. People pass <laughs> by. <laughs> it's like, what's that crazy lady? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm not, trust me, I'm not as animated as I was here. I am very <laughs> much oh, right in front of a TJ Maxx. Yes, I will. <laughs> no, it's just so real. I love it so much. I love how much you're sharing about that too. It just is, you know, mm-hmm. it just is. And it also kind of, it paints the picture as God is that intimate relationship yes. with God and with Jesus, because that's what he wants. That's, that's what, he, what wants. he wants. He doesn't want us. Now, granted, you know, we have that reverent fear and we pray and he's our heavenly father, very powerful, yeah. but there's that intimacy that he wants. He wants you he wants to be your refuge. He wants to walk with you. He wants to hold you, That's it. you know, in those moments, mm-hmm. because if you wait to pray, right. it never happens. It, it never, never comes. Happens. Don't wait. You know, like when you do it, like you do, whether you're in front of TJ Maxx or TJ whatever. In a line of Wendy's, it, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. In line of Wendy's anywhere, anywhere. you know, it, it's, it's like, you just, that's it. You can talk to him. He's there. You can absolutely hundred percent. I mean, that's, and that's what the power that we have in Jesus, you know, that's what he allowed to happen whenever he became our, our, um, savior, you know? So I I just, I love it so much. I I feel like it's already, I'm sure you're, it's just resonating so much with, with, um, our listeners because it's, it's just so real. It just, it just is. And even though it's, a terrible thing that you have to go through mm-hmm. and a terrible pain. Um, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you being so real about it and just so raw about it. Mm-hmm. Um, now you did say 
it's good. You know, a lot of this, you know, because you have the word because yeah. you are in his word every day. So was there, you know, and I usually ask my guests this because I feel like it's so important, but I think a lot of women maybe don't know where to start or don't know, um, uh, you know, how to start maybe studying the Bible or don't know any verses that can kind of, they, they can cling to. And I mm -hmm. feel like it's such an anchor for our soul. Do you have a verse or even a book maybe that you really kind of clung to or that you would even suggest maybe um, for someone going through this or just going through the loss that that really helped you that maybe would even help someone else? Sure. Well, first of all, I do want to um, mention again the book of Job, um, which is tough to you kind of got to be mature when you read it um, because a lot mm -hmm. of horrific stuff happens with Job. And especially if you, if you just lost a child, it, you might feel like it's a little too sensitive. You know, Job lost all of his children and then got sick and lost just his whole situation right then was lost. Um, mm -hmm. But it shows how to ground yourself in God and understand, well, Beyond people and situations, even beyond family, there is God and he is there. Now, he was there in the good parts of Job's life and he was there during the bad parts. That is, to me, that book, that is the most grounding. Should we, you know, be those people who are like, you know, why would, why would we curse God when mm -hmm. we get something bad? Were we cursing him when we got something good? Would we don't, we don't do that. We get good things all the time. How many of us think, you know, well, you know, I'm gonna feel bad about, you know, I don't feel bad about God. Cause I got this wonderful thing. I got a brand new car. None of us sit there and feel bad about God then, but we feel bad about God when something bad happens. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be feel sorrow because of the situation. Hear me. The situation, my situation is bad. I know somebody is going through cancer right now. Somebody lost a husband. Somebody, you know, lost their entire home in a hurricane. I know things are, are bad, but if we lose a house, a child, a parent, um, a, a, a career, um, if devastating things happen that embarrass us or any of those things that can happen in this world, any of those things can happen to us. When do we say, okay, God, if I lose everything, I still have you. And that's where you have to be. So I would say the, that's where, and that's where Job was. So I say the book of Job, but I also have this scripture that I have here. Um, that's Psalm 22, 24. For he has not despised my cries of deep despair. He didn't look the other way when I was in pain. He was there all the time. Mm. Um, and that's my truth. Cause that is really what happened, you know? He, it didn't take it didn't take away the pain, but he sat with me and I walked with him during the pain. So Psalm 22, 24, take that, let that marinate, read the book of Job. And there is uh, one other book um, that I liked that a friend brought me. And it's this book called Holding On To Hope. Um, oh. by Nancy Guthrie. Um, awesome. Wonderful lady brought me this book and I sat and read through it the whole, for like three months. Um, oh. Awesome book. Um, that awesome. one's based on losing a child. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I was going to say that's awesome. Yeah. I'll put that one. I'll put a link to, to the book too for the listeners in our, um, in the show notes. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm so grateful to her to have given me that that gift. And at first I thought, I don't know if I want to read any books. Trust me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is for, you know, parents who lost a child. And, and um, all types of losses are devastating, but the loss of a child is particularly devastating because it upsets the nature of, uh, um, it upsets nature. We always expect, you know, we'll be the people who go first. Nobody expects their child to go before them. And it doesn't matter what age, you, you know, you lose them. Um, it could be a very, very small child who has been sick and in the hospital. You still would feel devastated to 
to lose a child, even if it was under the age of one, you'd st- you and you would feel devastated. You lost a child, five, ten, teenager, twenties, thirties. It's still devastating because it's not in the natural order of things. And also, Absolutely. you remember life before you had that child, and you expected your child to see you to the end of your life. And so there's a little thing that goes on there mentally where you're just like, this wasn't naturally, this wasn't what, how things were supposed to go. Yeah. Um, but I would say this much. Um, it does happen, happen to Job. Um, and it's not a story that you hear every day, but sadly it's, it's not an uncommon story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, was, but what I would say is, I think every parent who has learned to walk with the Lord after the loss of a child or after any sort of extreme loss is put into um, a place of being able to be the minister to someone who has to go through it and has no idea how to walk through that pain. I think as believers, we have a very unique position because mm-hmm. we lost our our child. As I, I like to say it like this. I lost my child. I did not lose my God. I did not lose my rock. I did not lose my center. That does not mean I do not love and care for my daughter. It just means that my God is my rock. And when mm-hmm. you have God as a rock, you and I both know, you know, you don't grieve like others. You do grieve. Just not the same way. I grieve with yeah. my God, alongside my God, and I'm never by myself. Hmm. Never alone. I love that. I love that so much. It's so true. I, I love that you know that, you know, that you just have that and you feel so held um, by him because that be my prayer for you is to be held. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we definitely, you know, as believers, as Christians, um, especially, you know, I feel like with Christian women together, there is a special bond there where yeah. you bear one another's burdens. Yes. Like he, he says, you know, and that's kind of part of this. One of the reasons for this podcast too, is to be able to witness to one another to do that to bear one another's burdens together, to share in, you know, the, the journey to hold one another up, Mm -hmm. to encourage each other with these words, you know? And I, I just, I thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable because it's so hard, especially through what you've gone through. Um, and you know, I just, I just love that you are walking with him and you are just giving us so many good, like you said, practical things, but also just very real, you know, it's just, it's just refreshing, um, to, to have that kind of truth and just like the, what it really looks like. Um, like you said, you know, stories like this can happen. Oh yeah. Um, and then you think of people like, that's always the hard, hard part. I'm so glad that you said like whenever, a tragedy happens and everybody comes together, which is wonderful. Right. But then it's that dark tunnel time when everybody parts because it's just, it's just you going back to life, but it's never back to life. It's, it's back. It's starting a new life without something that you need and hold dear, you know, without that part of your heart, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's just indescribable. And I love that you have God alongside you and Jesus and you're, you know, just going through it so real and praying at TJ Maxx and doing <laughs> whatever you can do, you know, to, to just stay close to him. I feel like just that he just has such a powerful um, purpose for your journey, oh, you know, um, and for Jordan's journey, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that you share the the scriptures too. The book of Job, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, okay. I can totally see how that can for sure 
resonate. Um, we are almost at time, so mm -hmm. I wanted to to be respectful of your time. Um, but I did just want to ask if you um, had any other takeaways that you would want to share, any kind of final encouragements um, that you'd want to share for the woman listening to this, maybe struggling with the same thing. Um, oh, absolutely. Struggling with losing a child, losing even someone close to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I do also want to talk about your wonderful books. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and thank you for listening to me. I do have uh, two main takeaways here. Awesome. One is... Learn to trust God radically. And radically means with every cell in your body, you just trust him. When something is good, you trust him that it's good. When something is bad, you trust him that he is carrying you right through it. And he will come out on the other side triumphant because of him. I know that's hard to say. If you've lost someone close to you, I get it. It's like, well, you don't know my pain. Trust me, I understand. I do understand. But I also understand that you take that pain and you give it to him daily and trust him radically and say, okay, if you brought me to this, you are walking me through this until the end. You bring me home or the world is ending either way. So you trust him radically. And number two, be very, very real when you talk to God. You don't have to use anybody else's words. You don't have to pray anybody else's prayer. If you have gone through loss and it just sucks, go ahead and say it. Yeah. In your private place in or in front of TJ Maxx, say, Lord, I'm feeling it today. And this sucks. There's nothing good about this situation. There's nothing good. You are a good God, but there's nothing good about this. Be real. Use your, use your, that's my vocabulary, but use your, your vocabulary. Like you would talk to a, um, to a best friend because that's what he is. So talk to him that way. If it's a great day and you're going out and the sun is shining, say, thank you God for this sunshine. I don't get it all the time, but I got it today and I just want to thank you for it. Because this is awesome. So be real. Trust God rad radically. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, that's just amazing. And if, I mean, you just embody that so much, you know, just being so real and, and, and just trusting him every day. And I just, I love that so much. And it's, it, it's definitely, it can be hard. It can be hard, but I, I, I love that. Just being real, being yourself, you know, you don't have to recite no different mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. over and over you know people feel so overwhelmed sometimes like you know uh, different like traditions and things they don't know like how to kneel and pray and, mm -hmm. and and all that you know and i mean not knocking you know any anybody else's way that no, they pray no, no. but if it works hey but that that there's a special kind of kind of intimacy with that just yeah. being yourself that's it he knows he knows your heart anyway but when you're yourself you you know you kind of develop that relationship. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your story. Um, and you. I wanted you to give you a minute to talk about um, your book, your book. Well, you have a, you have a resource for our audience, which we can get to. Yeah. And then um, your recent book engaged, which I love how you said mother in love in the book description. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought that was so nice. I never heard that before. And I thought it was like just the nicest thing. Mother in um, love. Yes. <laughs> mother in love. Um, but go ahead. Why don't you tell us a little bit about engaged and I'll make sure, um, and to, to put everything in the show notes, you know, links to, to your book and everything, but go ahead and I'll give you a chance to share about that. Thanks. Uh, thanks for giving me a chance to do this. I appreciate you. <laughs> for sure. Of course. Um, Okay, so I have um, a, a number of books, but the one that I am promoting this season is Engaged. I've actually dropped the price of it. The reason that I am um, promoting it this season is because we're just coming off of, this is a wedding season, you know, it's it's nice weather season and Engaged deals with an engaged couple on their way to be, to, to be married. Now, if you have not gathered from this interview that I'm a little crazy, you you probably hopefully you're not shocked that the book does have a high level of humor in it i would not say that uh, every moment in it is like ha ha he he but it does have a lot of, of humor in it because that was what i was feeling when i was writing it 
Um, I also want to, I wanted to promote that book here also, because that actually is the last um, book that my daughter Jordan actually read of mine. And the book actually is dedicated to her. She read the first draft of that um, before she passed and she loves the character. So that book is dedicated um, to her. Um, Awesome. And so- there's disengage. If you like to have a good laugh, you want a good. If you're getting a, a, a if you want a good getaway book on a, a nice weekend, and um, these are all Christian uh, based characters, it has a biblical uh, worldview to it, but it is fiction. Um, so if you just want something, you know, I'm going to go to the cabin this weekend. I just want to read something to laugh at you. You want to read that book. But I also, if you are hearing this, I have a novella that I gave Kelly the link to. It's called Holding On. Um, that's just a little short novella about a blended family, little drama in there, but that is yours for free. If you want to download it, um, uh, through the link um, that Kelly provides. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, that's so awesome. And my goodness, mm-hmm. I mean, humor, absolutely. You need to laugh, need to you laugh. know, <laughs> through, I love it. And I love so much that you're sharing it because, um, that's it's dedicated to Jordan. So that's mm-hmm. wonderful. It can touch our listeners um, who, who read it thinking of your baby girl. Yeah. And we um, absolutely, I can't wait to read it. I, I was reading the the description and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh my goodness, I have to read this. It looks so, it, I was going to say it looks really funny. It's funny. Um, it's, funny. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kale. I am, I'm just, I feel so blessed to be talking with you and I appreciate your vulnerability and just, you know, your, your story and all the wonderful takeaways and encouragements that you have provided. Thank you so, so much. I am just so happy to have you here. I can't wait to share everything that you have shared. And I just am so grateful to be talking with you today. Well, I thank you and I appreciate you, Kelly. And this has been awesome. Probably used up way too many tissues, but this was a sensitive <laughs> subject. And you know what? It's all good. So but um, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and I hope my bracelets and coffee cup weren't clinking too much. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You'll find links to what we discussed in the show notes on your favorite podcast app or the blog post version of this episode on eyewitnesspodcast.com. If you have been struggling with brokenness or feeling unworthy, I encourage you to download my free ebook, Beautifully Broken, a seven-day devotional for women to embrace God's promises. You can find it at kellyjoewilson.com backslash beautifully broken, or you can just go to the main page on my website, kellyjoewilson.com. I'm so grateful for this time with you and thank you for listening.